flying out of Salt Lake City reminded me of the kind of wasteland I was surrounded by. The Great Salt Lake lived up to its name and unfortunately the Dead Sea was already taken. A circular pattern extended out from the lake. I imagined it was salt collection from the sand as the sun evaporated the undrinkable water. The cathedrals of the Mormon church appeared tiny, insignificant, from up high as the plane tilted showing me the city one last time. The Seattle airport was a copy of O'Hare with the international signs and matching Starbucks at every corner. Chinese Hanji was added to the European phrases that littered Chicago. As I stepped off the plane, I pulled my cell phone out and turned it on. I sent Nick a text stating that I had landed and would be waiting for pickup. Luggage pickup was next to the doors where cars pulled up and people jumped inside. I grabbed my bag, thankful it had appeared. In Salt Lake City the crew demanded that bags were checked in. I had heard the nightmares of people losing their bags and wanted to refuse. The stewardess grabbed my bag from me and not wanting to cause a scene I said goodbye to it thinking I might never see it again. The plane didn't look any smaller than the previous one but the crew was paranoid about available space. There was a family on board that made people's heads turn and I had no idea who they were. The pilot even thanks the so-and-so family for flying with them and the passengers cheered. I assumed they were some reality TV stars. As I sat on the bench waiting for my ride, I realized I had no idea what Nick looked like in person. The Skype meetings had grainy pictures and back audio leaving some mystery to who one was talking to. I didn't know what car to look for or who would be with him. I sat on the bench and waited. A Jaguar from the 90s pulled up, swerving over two lanes to reach the curb and causing horns to honk. Middle fingers flew and voices yelled only to be muffled by the traffic. I stood up with my one bag and laptop case. The car was a two-door and I had not crawled into the back seat of a car like this since I was 10 years old. Matt. How was your flight? Did they treat you well? Let me get that bag. Nick took my luggage and tossed it into the trunk. From the window I could see abandoned buildings, strips of road with food chains and the usual pharmacy stores. In the distance there were skyscrapers and strange cubic designs. It reminded me of Blade Runner, without the smog and gloom, but there were Asian people running around with electronic cigarettes so it wasn't that far off. We are taking you out for a treat. Doing a proper welcoming party. There is this place with great food called 13 Coins. You'll love it. From the outside it looked like any steakhouse from the 80s in my hometown, a brown box with hidden windows and a door on the side of the building. Walking inside there was the front desk where people waited for assigned seating or paid their bill. To the right there was a row of chairs with tall backs and the sides wrapped around encasing the person into their own little world. It was an ingenious idea. A couple could sit at the bar, watch their food being made and presented by the chef themselves, and have a private conversation with their chairs facing one another. We sat in a booth. When I first saw Nick, he was wearing a back jumpsuit with white stripes running down the sides. His car, while it was a Jaguar, was bought second-hand and had superglue holding together some of the paneling on the doors. I was starting to question what exactly was going on and wasn't sure what I should order while looking at the menu. As I sat across from Nick, I finally got a good look at him. Thick white hair covered his head with a wet shine to it, slicked back with some body left to it. His beard was struggling to keep some of its color, an older Moses appearance with a recent trim keeping any stragglers at bay. His cheeks had a Santa jolliness to them and his belly completed the costume if he chose to wear one during the holidays. The rumble of his voice told people he was a man who wanted to be heard and he never ran out of opinions. A charcuterie board was ordered for the three of us to share. Sam sat on the end boxing me in the seat and both of us were meant to pay attention when Nick talked. The story of the show was laid out, trying to sell me on an idea that I already knew as if he was practicing his pitch. Enough of work, we have all week to work on this and I think we will get much accomplished. 
Nick proceeded to ask me what I wanted to see while I was in Seattle and I replied I want to see Bruce Lee's grave. It was the resting place of a man I looked up to most of my childhood and teenage years and for me the pilgrimage would be worth it. There wasn't much else I knew about Seattle. The short-lived show Dark Angel took place here but I believe it was filmed in Vancouver. There was the Space Needle but I have a fear of heights. I knew little of the Pikes Market, the gum wall, and people kept talking about some troll under a bridge. All I wanted was to see the grave of the man himself. It was the least I could do after years of studying Taekwondo, Aikido, boxing, judo, and jiu-jitsu. Those days were over for me but the lessons lived on. Oh sure, that's not hard. Only the one place? I didn't expect much and figured one drive to a spot for a picture wasn't too much to ask. Do you like Asian women? Sam asked. We have some of the hottest Asian women. The city is loaded with them. If that's your thing you're going to love it here. This city is loaded with money, Nick went on. There is money coming out the ass with Microsoft and Google. You know Bill Gates has a home here. You'll see it when we drive to Walden. I wasn't interested in money. I wasn't interested in other people's money. I had seen my own city become money-hungry and start to exclude the working class from their own town. I heard Seattle was starting to do the same thing to their people. We ate pieces of salmon and cheese from the board with different styles of crackers. It wasn't anything I couldn't get in my own town. The salmon is caught here. We have streams where you can watch them fishing to their spawning sites. I'm taking you to the salmon hatchery so you can see it yourself it's quite a sight. Nick continued to sell me the city but after buying my old house I was a tough sell. Let's head back to the house, we have something special waiting for you there. We left 13 coins and I squeezed myself into the back seat again. The drive took us over a bridge without towers or cables. It was like we were driving on the water. The bridge was made out of pontoons. Really remarkable if you ask me. The only one of its kind. Keeps the place scenic. Over there is Bill Gates' house. Nick points to a house on the side of a hill overlooking the bay with large picture windows. I didn't know if it was his house or not. In the distance was Mount Rainier, the peak was covered by a cloudy haze and the Pacific Ocean disappeared in the distance. Walden was a cabin-style home tucked away from the main street in the middle of town. The surrounding woods was a public park with trails that anyone could travel for a hike or walking their dog. The main floor had a kitchen immediately to the right, a bedroom directly facing the main door, and the living room was a personal gym with old weight equipment from the 1990s. I know this because I used to own some of the same machines. The living room had picture windows overlooking the woods down toward the stream that ran through it. To one side there were empty bookshelves and the other wall had a fireplace that I would later learn had never been used. Downstairs was where my room would be for the week. A small 10 foot by 15 foot room with a twin bed on one wall, a closet filled with someone else's clothes and a desk I was told I could use. A tiny window looked out into the yard. Next door was Nick's master bedroom complete with sliding doors to the yard and a large table facing out the windows where he would watch deer come up the house to eat. The back deck had a hot tub that I could use at any time and folding chairs for morning coffee. It was the ultimate bachelor pad. The opposite end of the basement had a second fireplace and a pool table in the middle of the room. There was a drafting table and large leather chairs that we would sit in for our brain-busting sessions. As they showed me around, I found six cans of local beer sitting on the pool table, large 20-ounce micro-brews that I had never heard of. I know you're a beer guy so we decided to introduce you to the good stuff. Nick was proud of his gift and it didn't go to waste. I had the distinct feeling he thought it was an alcoholic. That night we talked about the show and the real work would start the next day. The hours of flying starting to hit me and I decided to go to bed and start the day off early. I was determined they would get their money's worth. 